0: Eighteen minutes past four. Good morning, fam. If you've just joined us here on SAFM, with you until five this morning, so we're almost out of here. But time for trending topics now.
1: Trending news right now.
0: So what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours? Katleko Selwadi, social commentator, is here to help us unpack. Good morning, Katleko. How are you today? I'm good, thank you, Asanda. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. How was the day yesterday, starting the new week? I started my
1: week off on a good note. Um, yeah, I had an easy start
0: to it, which is always great. <laughs> <laughs> we love hearing that. That's great. Okay, so let's go straight to it. Starting with uh, hashtag Zelda Lachrange. Twitter is hitting back at the former private secretary, or uh, former Nelson Mandela's private secretary. So she compared Zuma's medical parole with Oscar Pistorius' case. Of course, Twitter was going to just break her apart on this one because, I mean, Oscar's story links to gender-based violence. We know how we feel about that. But let's talk about this. Uh, Nelson Mandela's former private secretary, Zelda, just attracting the wrath of social media.
1: Absolutely. And I think for me, it's just disappointing to hear this, especially coming from a woman. We know that we live in a country so, so rife with uh, gender-based violence. And I find statements like this to be very irresponsible and rather disappointing, you know, just comparing, um, you know, a super case who we know, you know, um, he killed um, uh, uh, Rieva Gump versus uh, the former president who is um, in prison because of contempt of court. Very different cases, um, you know. And um, I saw on Twitter somebody saying, you know, had he brought up perhaps the case of Crazy and that the former president was... Had um, you know in prison because of that, that would be you know a, a reasonable comparison, but in this instance, this was rather disappointing. Um, coming from her,
0: in a little bit of a defense to her, not fully defending her, but she was you know having background to her sentiments, highlighting a section of the media statement that was explaining the former president Jacob Zuma's release on medical parole. So, this was basically talking about inmates suffering from an illness that severely limits their daily activity or self-care can also be considered for medical parole. And then she went on to, to you know, explain why and where she was coming from. I think always it's important to know a background of somebody when they get involved in a debate. But do you think when she was saying this, she was thinking about the gender based violence side of things and the fact that a woman was killed or she was really just saying, let's be fair in terms of looking at it medically.
1: I think that she was um, looking at it, as you say, you know, to say um, medically, you know, there should be some level of consistency within the law and how it is implemented. But um, also we always talk about, you know, um, Twitter, whether Twitter is the right platform to um, raise certain issues. And as you know, that with 260 characters, you know, that's just not enough to give context. And nobody has time to to read threads and threads of context. Um, But, you know, her opinion was seconded by the Democratic um, Alliance leader, John uh, Steele Hazen. Mm. And he was basically saying that perhaps, um, you know, there should have been, you know, some kind of um, independent board to confirm whether Zuma was eligible for medical parole. Um, You know, we know that, you know, one of the criteria to to qualify for this is that the prisoner must suffer from a, a terminal illness. Or be rendered physically in camp, to it, due to injury disease or illness or there must be a risk of re, um, or the risk of reoffending must be low mm. and that um, there must be appropriate arrangements for care in the community you know to make sure um when the prisoner is released so again to that point to say that i don't think she was thinking you know again gender, gender-based violence at the time but um you know i i think that leaders and in anybody for that matter should be um, aware of what what a community they're dealing with when raising issues on Twitter.
0: And what do you make of that? Uh, Part of the the Democratic Alliance saying that an independent board should have uh, confirmed if Zuma was eligible for medical parole, but we know that uh, Zuma refused to consent to a medical examination.
1: Absolutely. You know, we live in such an interesting country, but... Another, another card that, come, that did come from Twitter was um, Zelda's, uh, you know, grace card, or at least that was a card that was pulled to say, you know, if she's saying, is she making these statements because, you know, this is a black man and this is her defending a white man, Oscar Pistorius. And, um, you know, with the DA coming in strongly there as well, and we know, you know, their relationship with, you know, race relations is, is not that great. Um, you know, one does wonder, um, you know, what, what, where this sentiment comes from, um, and and maybe, you know, should she have posed her her sentiments uh, differently? And Pat used a different thing. example, and this is what a lot of people were calling for to say: even if her statement is valid, you know, the comparison thereof is is is, is what is problematic. Perhaps she should have just stated, you know, her facts to say that here is a man who is has been imprisoned. And has now been granted medical parole. You know, should he have been um, granted that, and and on what grounds, and what does the law say about that? So rather deal with the issue than bring in, you know, other controversial um, um, matters.
0: Does this entire debate result in a sentiment that we are making a mockery of South African law in terms of the side of uh, Jacob Zuma being granted a parole, and also Lechenger's, uh, you know, comments? and, and h- how that links to gender-based violence. And we know constantly that those who are survivors or victims of gender-based violence are constantly being let down by the law. Does it follow the sentiments that this is making a mockery of South African law on both sides? I know now I might also be seen as comparing. They're not in comparison, gender-based violence and Zuma's case. But John Stenheisen, the DA leader, as you said, was saying that this makes a mockery of South African law. What are your thoughts? I
1: think that... Um, in any time where, you know, there's a level of consistency, and we know that with law, you know, it is difficult to be consistent because cases matter, you know. Um, people argue uh, cases differently and context definitely matters. But I do think that, um, you know, to, to set a, a, a certain tone and for people to have faith in um, the law system, it is quite necessary, you know, um, that we... we we are aware, and even the people that make the law and, and, and make decisions on some of these cases are, very, are aware of the society that we live in um, and, you know, the, the, the necessities thereof be consistent, especially in cases where, for example, you know, um, when a woman is, is, is you know lays a charge against someone, she's asked for evidence, and here's somebody who, you know, is refusing to provide evidence that they are not uh, medically fit, you know, to be imprisoned. So again, a bit of a double standard. And um, I just think that uh, law uh, enforcers need to be aware of this, um, considering the society that we live in.
0: All right, let's talk hashtag IEC now. So the IEC confirming that a new deadline will be set in terms of reopening candidate nominations for the local government elections.
1: Yeah, the IEC has reopened the candidate registration process and you know they've also come under flag, um, being accused of favouring the ANC, who we know you know were late with their submission. Um, even after the deadline was extended by a couple of hours the first time, um, now they have a, a, you know more time to fully really register and, and and put through the people that they want to put through for for the com- upcoming elections. Um, but we know that the EFF, for example, were not pleased with this decision because. They were looking to take advantage of um, the ANC that did not register uh, their candidates for the upcoming polls. Um, we know that the governing party failed to register candidates in more than 90 municipalities, You know, which is which is, um, quite a, a huge number of yes. uh, uh, municipalities to have missed out on.
0: What would have that meant in terms of free uh, choice then in our elections, if we had just left the ANC without those 93 municipalities registered?
1: I think that would have been an... We uh, would have seen interesting results um, in the upcoming elections, And, you know, it would pose a question, you know, people have um, asked themselves or even during uh, June 16, I remember the question came out that, you know, who do we vote for, if not the the, the governing uh, party, the current governing uh, party, you know, what are our options? And this would have been, you know, a time for all the other parties to really get their ducks in a row and, um, you know, sell people... <laughs> A new dream uh, to believe in.
0: Of course, I mean uh, the elections must be held between 27 October and 1 November this year. But registration for us is now voter registration that is uh, as early as next week, 18 and 19 September. Are we ready?
1: Sure, I did not see that one coming. Um, you know, we've spoken yeah. about how <clears throat> initially we had um, you know vouched for elections to be postponed till next year. Uh, in light of COVID, amongst um, many things, but also you know just wanting free and fair elections so that you know all political parties get a fair chance to campaign. But um, you know with with these registrations being moved to next week, I I don't think again that we are ready. I do think that we have seen a lot more uh, vaccinations. You know with um, vaccinations now being open to everybody, and you know you don't have to wait for. Uh, uh, an SMS, you know, confirming that you can come. Um, you know, I, I think that we've seen a lot more vaccinations, but I still don't think that we are out of the woods with COVID. And yeah, it is quite alarming and frightening, um, but we hope for the best um, next week.
0: Right. Hashtag Zaneleka uh, the NFP founder and leader dying. So that's the next one. So she resigned from parliament following ill health after she suffered a stroke in uh, November 2014, and that's where her health woes basically started. It it becomes very difficult to fully recover from a stroke, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, just after, you know, reading up on her and the work that she has done, I think that more than anything, of course, you know, we are mourning. And I think that, um, you know, the NSP is mourning, um, you know, a lot more than the rest of us. But I do think that, you know, with the work that she has done, they can really be proud of, you know, that she she has set for women in politics and that perhaps, you know, this is a time to reflect on that um, and and look to, you know, the actions that she took, the decisions that she made, the moves that she made to be able to, you know, form a party away from the ISP, which is, you know, the party that she was under at the time. Um, And I I do think that this is a moment to celebrate her life and, um, of course, condolences to her family.
0: Absolutely a moment to celebrate her life. And the fact that the NFP had six seats in the National Assembly during the 2014 elections and in May 2019 dropped to two seats is not necessarily a bad thing. She did pave a way for other women in politics.
1: Absolutely. She was viewed as a changemaker, you know, the fresh face that, you know, needed to breathe life um, into the IFP. And um, we know that, you know, at the time that she split and formed her own party. Um, it was a blow for the IFP, you know, um, which only took control of three Khosri Natal's uh, 61 mun- municipalities in the government elections. And um, but, but for me, you know, again, um, the work that she has put in, you know, and, and just paving the way for women in politics, you know, I think that is commendable. And that is something that um, we can look to as we celebrate her life. Um, We know that um, it is unfortunate that, you know, as she felt, you know, the NSP started struggling a bit, not Mm -hmm. being able to, you know, pay for fees to be able to um, um, take part in elections. But I do think that the party can still pull pull, um, themselves together. I think that the fact that they were able to draw so many people from the IFP shows that, you know, there is a a demand, there is a need for a different set of leadership, and um, the NSP can look to her, her her ways and her path um, to, to forge a new path for themselves.
0: And, of course, the ANC offering their condolences, but also the IFP, the Inkatha Freedom Party, uh, where she was a long-standing member of before uh, leaving and founding the NFP. Their sentiments were positive. I mean, that was needed. So may her soul rest in peace. Uh, she'll be survived by her actress daughter, Kuku uh, Kumete. She acts in Uzalo. eh?
1: Absolutely, and we know that you know uh, motherhood is something that she cherished so so much. Um, even with you know her, her 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 pursuing her career in politics, we know how difficult it can be to balance the two. But we know, but we have heard stories that um, you know she she took motherhood very seriously, and uh, her role um, in her household was one that she cherished the most.
0: Just a, a message from Deem Jali Lady Grey who says. NFP former leader, Mrs. Makwazam Sibi. Uh, just condolences to her who passed away. May her soul rest in peace. Okay, let's talk hashtag Guinea now in finality. Uh, on Sunday, September 5th, the soldiers of Guinea military forces detained the country's president, Alpha Conde, and uh, took to state television to announce this. So, who is uh, the leader currently? Do we know what's happening?
1: Well, we know that, um, you know, Guinea's army has made a serious talk of announcements overnight um, stating that the constitution of Guinea will now be dissolved, uh, borders have been shut, uh, the government also faces a dissolution on Monday. But what we do know is that the head of Guinea's military special forces, Lieutenant uh, Mamadi Jamboya, is the one who is leading uh, this entire coup.
0: Does it mean he's the leader?
1: It seems so. At this point in time, um, we know that you know every time there's a coup, uh, and this is not the first, um, you know, hopefully the last. But um, you know, every time there is a coup, there is a, a, a transitional period, and usually the, the leader of the of the military at the time would be the one who leads the country.
0: What will this mean then? I mean, we, his background, um, Colonel, uh, Colonel Mamadi Domboya, is very much based in the military side of things, uh, having military experience, training in Israel, and, and being part of the French legionnaire. What would it mean if he became leader of Guinea? Uh, I
1: think it would be interesting, and, you know, uh, usually under when, when there's a coup, there's usually... Um, You know, uh, 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 um, people are afraid of the uncertainty um, and we know that the military can be really harsh, you know, in the way that they rule. But it seems that this time the people of Guinea were actually celebrating this move. They were celebrating their freedom, so to speak. And um, I'm not sure that they have faith in uh, uh, Colonel Mamadi, but... I do think that in this instance, you know, it seems that the breakaway from uh, uh, the former president now is is what is more um, significant at this point.
0: The other issue then, I guess, economically, is that investors are going to be worried about aluminium, which, you know, Guinea is very much in the center of, and I guess that's why there were concerns over the supply of this raw material. So the African nation being a major producer of bauxite, which is a material that's composed of aluminium hydroxide, which is the world's main source of aluminium. Will the leader then, oh well, the army military leader? We don't know if he's going to be the leader of Guinea. Uh, Dumbuya, change this, uh, you know, concern, especially on China's side because they import this majorly from Guinea aluminium. Well, all
1: we have heard at this uh, stage is, you know, following the coup itself. Is, is just some changes, you know, um, in terms of uh, the political landscape, uh, nothing um, in terms of, you know, uh, economics um, or, or changing how things are happening. So I think that it, the next coming days will be interesting to see um, what unfolds. But we do know that every time there is un- a political un- uh, instability that does uh, tend to, uh, you know, affect the polit- the the economic landscape, and therefore, obviously, you know the country's ability to either, you know, um, generate uh, uh, revenue, um, or even, you know, draw in investors, or even sometimes maintain those, uh, 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 it or retain those investors. So I think that the couple of the next couple of days will be interesting to see what unfolds.
0: All right, let's leave it there for now. Thank you so much, and we'll be watching the markets then to see. I'm sure they will respond, and we'll take our cue from that uh thanks so much for joining us always great chatting to you your plans for the rest of the day
1: well i've got some writing to do as always and yeah. um, i think that is what i'm enjoying uh, at this point
0: awesome thanks again be safe thank you you too bye thank you social commentator discussing social media in the last 24 hours on trending topics this is sfm sound awake our time now is 4 37 let's listen to more of what you have to say, fam.